When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Oh, hi. Hi. There's two, there are two people here. It's me, Matt Steele. Exactly. Matt Steele, I've you look very different. Yeah. <laughs> You've really grown up since last I've seen you. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm, it's a new aesthetic for me. <laughs> I love it. No, everyone, I am here with the lovely Rory James, podcaster, TikToker. I'm super excited. Comedian. Excuse me. (laughs) Uh, Comedian. I'm super excited with Rory James available now wherever you get your podcast. And Rory is filling in for Matt Steele, who I believe is in Austin, Texas, visiting friends. But uh, Rory, welcome to the podcast. How do you feel? Thank you. I feel great. Um, I love the Two Gay Mats podcast, and I I can't even begin to attempt to fill the shoes of, of Mr. Matt Steele. You know, now, is it true that he never vacations? He's not a big vacationer. But he's no. vacationing. He is. I think he's. I, I saw that his friend Fernando is um, performing in a play, and I believe he's there to support him. And I think there might be a, like a Friendsgiving moment happening. All right. Uh, and so it's good. But I, I think he's more. You know, he likes to stay in his routine. He'll go to Jersey and then come back, and that's about it. I, you know. Love a vacation. You're a glamorous person. <laughs> I love not being at work and not being at my house and just going somewhere else to lie down and be lazy. Like yeah. that is a vacation to me. You have to do it. I I sometimes struggle with making time because it sometimes feels indulgent to me mm, to do that. Right. But um, I think it's very important to do. Absolutely. And I uh, yeah, I'm I'm honored to be in this in 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 his seat. <laughs> Rory, last night we were together. Well, <laughs> and together in person. You like, are I a am, married woman. I am not married, <laughs> but I am taken. But we and the lovely Jackson all went to go see our queen. We did. The only queen that we acknowledge here in America. Sorry, Brits. Uh, Mariah Carey. She was performing at the Hollywood Bowl. She came to town, much like Santa, and did such a lovely bang-up job performing. And I was trying to think, has she ever performed at the Hollywood Bowl before? Was this she did? First? She was on the Holly, She was at the Hollywood Bowl when she toured with Lionel Richie in oh, 2017. I didn't realize that was at the bowl. I didn't see that. I didn't see I didn't that either. that one. But um, when you say you know she, she, she is royalty to to, to us, yes. uh, I am the only person that I know yes. who loves Mariah as, and you're the only person who loves Mariah as much as I do. Yes. And so that it's I don't take this sort of business lightly. <laughs> no. This was a big deal. I mean, I feel like our friendship was forged knowing we have a mutual friend who introduced us being like, you two love Mariah Carey more than most people on planet Earth and should become friends. And very soon we were sitting down 10 years ago now talking at Overland Cafe about how the hashtag beautiful release was going. I love that you remember that. You know, I sometimes, do. you know, when people uh, people try to set you up with friends or right. dating people and, and I'm always like, ugh, what do you think I, what do you, what exactly. do you know? You think but, just because I'm gay... We'll be right, friends. Right, right, right. But uh, no, you, 
Matt and I got into the weeds of Mariah fandom immediately, and it was like, you know, they say that um, when you have kids with somebody, it brings a couple closer because you have a shared love. Even if, you know, your your love of this, this same thing brings yes, you together. Absolutely. I feel like you and I have such a, you know, the same passion for her, and your fans know this. But um, it was really exciting because we got to see her earlier this year at L.A. Pride. I know. And it's only been, it, the only other year that I've seen Mariah twice, like in, in a big way like mm. this in the same year was 2003 when I saw the Charm Bracelet Aww. tour uh, t- on two different dates. But Great pictures of you there. Gr- well, <laughs> if the people don't know, my, I took my first photo with Mariah Carey when I was 15 years old and I am wearing a polo and mesh basketball hey. shorts. And the one thing I stand by in the photo are my Air Force Ones. They are white hey, and good for fluffy. You. And that's a shoe I still stand by. But it was a very embarrassing photo. And I am in... <laughs> A stage of puberty where I don't think you would say I'm a man yet. I mean, I don't think 15s anyone's like, oh, that was when I looked no, but the there best. Was, no, because there are some guys in high school. Some guys peaked at 15. You know true, what I mean? And now true. they look gross. But um, <laughs> And Mariah's like in the best shape of her life and is just like, and it's just, it's horrifying how I don't match the woman standing next to me. And, it, and as you know, this is what created the mission that I was on for the next 15 years mm. of redoing that photograph. Which I got to do in Las Vegas. Yes. As a grown man. I took a grown ass man photo with Mariah Carey. Yes. And I had the nerve to put my hand on her lower back. Hey. On the small of her back. But Mariah Carey. You know she I loved touched it. her. You know she loved it. I'm I, sure she was like, oh, we're getting close. Listen, we're I'm not here. one of those men that um, w- w- just assumes that when you put your hands on somebody <laughs> that they loved it. But, but I, what I will say is that she did put her, her arm on my shoulder like this and lean in with me. She didn't have to do all that. She didn't. That's friendship. That so, was a bond being created. I look back on that as the redo of one of the most mortifying photos of my life and so but this is all in the collection of times I've seen Mariah and how they all add up so you and I I think I came and we did a bonus episode over the summer yes. of this show uh, where we talked about the LA Pride experience but this was the Christmas show this was the Christmas show and going in it was like I know you know, I had seen Mariah for Christmas before. I saw her during one of her Christmas Vegas shows. Um, I think it was probably back in 2017. And it was so incredible. And she was also in great voice that night. But I was so upset because Milo Yiannopoulos was sitting right in front of me. And I was like, you fucking oh, piece of shit. Right. You should not be enjoying Mariah in this way. And so having a Christmas experience with Mariah that did not include that person was really lovely. That can really fuck up an experience of who's sitting around you. Right. I don't want you to be experiencing this joy. Because you you've also done got such yelled at when we saw her in Vegas in 2018 for standing up for too long and getting excited. But it's like, hello, it's what a concert. To do? Yeah, you, you didn't have to apologize I was that. actually surprised at this Christmas show that I feel like clearly with a lot of Christmas songs, especially Mariah's Christmas catalog, there's a lot of uh, balladry happening. I feel like we, this was the most I've sat at a Mariah Carey show and it didn't seem like people were sitting because they weren't into what was happening on stage, but it's like she's opening singing like Hark the Herald Angels Sing, like sure. looking beautiful, but it's like very orchestral and it feels like, you know, art that's to be taken in and not like, woo! <laughs> but you know, in but my But there heart, was a lot of standing. Every time was. she would do one of the um, non-Christmas songs, True. people got excited and she did a lot I of was non-Christmas happy. songs. She yeah. mentioned that her agent a few years ago said, hey, why don't you throw in some non-Christmas songs into this set? It's when and the suits earn their paycheck. Sometimes yeah. the suits are right. Yeah. Not often, but sometimes they, and they were right on that one. Um, and just vocally, like I had seen a couple of clips of her show. I think this was her second show on tour and she had done a previous show at like a much smaller venue and she did a good job. But like, 
you know, I feel like every time a Mariah tour happens, like she gets better and better as the show goes on. Like if you had told me that last night was like eight stops into her show, I would have believed you because you hear those vocals on like Joy to the World, on fucking Hero, on like Hark the Herald when she just first came out. And you're like, she sounds like she has been recording. She says that she has 10 new songs ready that she's been writing with her uh, musical director, Daniel Moore. He's a beautiful musical director. They've co-written a couple of songs. Uh, And it seems like she's in the studio singing and clearly the voice is in good shape. And that is what I was so excited to hear because it was just like, ah, she looks like she's having fun. She obviously looks gorgeous. Well, let's, that needs to be underscored because you know my first photograph with Mariah was in 2003 that was 20 years ago long time ago Um, and she looks the same like I like it's shocker and so in just to wrap your head around and it was interesting because so so I can't emphasize enough how good she both looked and sounded, right? Uh, particularly this far into her career, particularly uh, a- a- how critical people are of her, right? But you were mentioning um, when you see somebody on a tour, and as a comedian, what you typically do is you work on material for about a year mm. to get an hour together, and right. then you do a special. So it's the illusion in comedy is oh, they just thought of it on the spot, right. but like. <laughs> And I'm always sort of jealous of musicians because it's like, oh, you they just expect you to do the same songs. Totally. But in comedy, the if you see somebody later in the tour, the joke is tighter, but there's sometimes magic the way you do it the first couple mm, of times. I hear that. Because it's still fresh to you. Right. So, and Brittany talked about that in her book, doing her her piece of me show yes. to death to the point where she was so bored of it. Right. And I think for Mariah, what was exciting was, first of all, we didn't have a ton of spoilers beyond that first show. No, that's but, all we had. But we, so, and I didn't get to see a set list, so I didn't know what the old, the, the non-Christmas songs were going to be, which was kind of fun for me. Yeah. But also like for her, I could, I could, it, there was still the novelty in it for her. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's not like she's been just like, you know, doing it on the road so many times where she's right. sick of it. So I really appreciated that. I appreciated it so much about the show. Well, you know, we will talk about other things, but just for highlights for me, I have to say it was so lovely when uh, Ro came out and sang um, Jesus Born on This Day with Mariah. That duet was gorgeous. Was I loved the song that she sang in the interlude. She did the same one. Um, what's that song even called? The like little Rocky song that it's rocky but you know what i'm saying the like kind of pop punk song that the one Christmas from her song. from her early mid or the mid 90s yes and i don't know the name of the song do you know the name well it's she's skipping christmas yes what exactly <laughs> well uh, what's great about it is i said i turned to you in the middle of it and i was like she shot a whole music video for this because as monroe's playing the guitar mariah's there's b-roll of mariah for right. the whole song and we hear like basically the whole song Absolutely. and this was that that uh secret album that she never released of her angsty i, I that's the thing I, I assume that's still coming but you never know but i would like well, to that think it one was... that song at least well, we seem to all like it I, it is a great song but i don't think that's on the album I don't think that's on the Rocky album. I think it's like, oh, we've made a rock moment for for Monroe to perform. I during thought the that was show. like one of the songs that Monroe no. liked because remember Mariah said Monroe wanted her to send her those songs. I thought right. that was from this the- is separate. Okay. I'm, I know. We're breaking new ground here. I also love that Rocky popped up during Here Comes Santa Claus to do a brand new rap. He also, um, Rocky played the drums at a moment. I was like, Mariah's kids are really getting that musical gene in such a beautiful way and just different ways than I would have expected. I, I didn't want to get into the whole, like, who's actually playing what instruments. <laughs> But I, it appeared as though he was playing he, the drums. Yes, it and, really did look like he and was I, playing. And I, I would imagine she's the type of mom that's like, no, we're actually going to like take 
less like we're going to learn yes. how to do these. No, things. she's not going to put those kids on stage without them right. putting in the hours, the rehearsal and really being prepared for a show. So I got like to get this. it to Rocky. I'm telling you, he was killing. I just love that. This is the year of when I'm seeing shows where like my faves children are having moments on stage because Beyonce obviously brought Blue out. And That's the fact true. that Rock and Row had their moments last night was really great. Um, but yeah, I, I also love the stretch that was obviously the songs that were not Christmas, like Dream Lover, fan, not Fantasy, but Dream Lover, Honey, Heartbreaker, We Belong Together, Hero. We got like a nice little medley, a great chunk. Make it happen. Make it happen. Lovely. And then obviously ending A up. no-no from Caution. I have never seen a Caution song performed. And so I, in my life, was like- She didn't I? do that one at Pride, She right? did not. Okay. And so I was worried I was never going to see a Caution song ever live. And it was great to see a no-no. And I love also that we were sitting next to someone who was like, so you guys are big Mariah fans? Like, I love- love her but like more I'm obsessed with Christmas and that's <laughs> now let's talk about that because there them. were a lot of Christmas heads at this, right. I would say at Pride I found more like Mariah heads totally. but uh, there were people who were dressed as Christmas trees <laughs> and it's so interesting because more than once she referenced that we need this now mm-hmm. in this time in history yes. very bad this, the levity and the joy and I I think I was noticing people really clinging to Christmas in absolutely. a very specific way absolutely I believe that's true and I thought did think it was funny though that see he is not a big Mariah fan I don't even know if he's a concert person but obviously Mariah sings Hero she walks off stage it's the very pretend end of the concert because she has not done <laughs> the sorry. song that's about to go to number one for like it's 13th week or whatever this year uh, and he turns to us and he's like wait she's not done is she 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 hasn't done all in for Christmas this year and we're like She's not done. Yeah. Now, you Paul just stay like, put. Hun, relax. 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 There's no way she's getting off the stage without singing all over Christmas. And we've been fall. tricked by her fake encore <laughs> fake outs before. Absolutely. Very recently we yeah. were. We started leaving before she came back and sang Hero at Pride. But Should have known better, as Monica says. I would never leave a Christmas show before all over Christmas was performed. No, like really, Even if it was on. not even Mariah performing. It's like, I assume you'll be singing the song, and if right. not, I will be in the seat. Right. I will be waiting for you to hop back on. So... It was amazing. It was glorious. If you get the chance to go see Mariah Carey during one of these Christmas concerts, I urge you to do so because you're going to love her. She had so much fun on stage. She improvised songs about her glam squad and a mop. And it was It was truly very fun and loosey-goosey. Lovely. Lovely. Do you have any other comments about the concert before we move on to News for Idiots? I just, you know, I think people can be so, uh, we talked about this before we started mm. recording the podcast, that um, people can, it's, it's great that we're in an era where Mariah is celebrated, particularly this time of year. But there are sometimes where people get really nitpicky and mad at Mariah. Totally. And my, and for me, I believe that it has to do with the fact that she's so successful and that she's so beautiful and that she's so untouchable. And people are kind of sort of like, all right, well, you're not so great. But, right. And, and so they start to nitpick at her like she's not a human or an artist and all these things. But mm-hmm. the fact that she's selling out arenas and multiple dates are being added in the biggest markets uh, just goes to show that her reach particularly this time of year is only increasing and I just I I can't emphasize enough like it's almost like when when I tell people about that I I went to the show it's like well well was she like it's almost like people want me to want to find the problem with it and I'm like well she looked really great and sounded really great and she did all the songs I wanted to hear so like I don't know what to tell you. Right. I'm happy you know? I went. Like, I know you might be expecting me to be disappointed for some reason, but no, I'm thrilled with my choice. And it was but wonderful. like I told you, people hate when someone's doing really well. It's and true. That's, so that's I mean, nice. if we've learned anything from Mariah's memoir, Britney's memoir, America loves nothing more, probably the world, loves nothing more than to build a woman up. A woman up just and then to tear her, her down. down. Yes, and so that is correct. we are always on the side of the Mariah's, that's right. of the world. So 
We love you, and ladies. And you know I'm a newly converted Britney fan. Which, to me, it's wild that it took you this long, but I'm glad you're here. I don't want to... I know we have topics <laughs> no, to get please, to. No, please. No, tell the people what happened. Well, <laughs> so, you know, so I always say I'm the perfect age to be a Britney Spears fan. Let's just talk about my age, because Matt Palmer's <laughs> older than me. So uh, Me, much like Matt Steele, is also one year Matt less Matt Steele and I are really young. It's not our fault. Um, <laughs> one so, year. So I feel like I'm the perfect age to be a Britney fan, because I was in fifth grade when Baby One More Time came out. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Hello, pop culture comes and 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 Britney Spears. Like we were just her, her demo, and so I've grown up with Britney Spears right. being omni. It was almost as though Britney Spears was the most popular girl in my school growing <laughs> up because funny. that's how present she was. Right. Um. And so, but I it, it also to what I'm saying about how what people say about Mariah, it made me not feel like I had to root for her because mm. she was doing great. Right. I was having issues. You know what I mean. <laughs> and so, but it's like I I know all the singles. I've as I told you I've. I know all the singles. I've never listened to a Britney album all the way through. So I, I have but, you gotten to do that recently yet? I did it with Blackout. Oh, good uh, for you. which is the best one. Classic. Um, so, but anyway, but it's through understanding through listening to the book. And I loved listening to Michelle Williams. Brilliant. Uh, performance. Cause I felt like she really embodied it and humanized the, the story. But I was like, Oh man, like, in a lot of these instances, I was part of the problem in misunderstanding the situation and mm. thinking she was the villain in her breakup with Justin and thinking she was out of control. And then she's pointing out, she's like, well, other like even if I was out of control, right. men were, too. But we didn't have an issue with that. Right. And it's like and when she talks about, you know, getting married in Vegas and being like, I don't know, I think like we, we and we'll talk about marriage stuff later. But uh, on my podcast, I'm super excited with Rory James. Lori, my co-host Lori pointed out she was mm. like she was she was like, you know, if you have enough money, like it really isn't a big deal I to know. get married for 24 hours. But when your family swoops in and has a big issue with how you're spending, that's the real it's concern. Like, you guys were pretty excited and pretty quick to like try and take over my life at this very moment. And, and I will let you get to the next segment, but I'll just close by saying, <laughs> but that um, the other part of it was I was still in my innocent, like uh, uh, not fully like adult man era okay. when Britney was going through it during Blackout and all of these things. Okay. Rebelliousness. Because yes. I was like, she's out of control. And now, at, at this age, I'm like, girl, fucking do what you gotta do. Do whatever you like, want. Yeah, and like, I, and I'm so much more rebellious and stuff like that. So like, I think I was coming at it from a place of like, I couldn't understand, like, why is she... You know, when she's like, I didn't want to be pretty. I didn't want to mm. do what you wanted me to do. Like, at the time, I was like, why not? And, <laughs> and now I'm like, yeah, bitch, give, give him the middle finger. Honestly. So, I am uh, a Britney Spears. F- I am. I am. I'm like you know, in Alcoholics Anonymous, you get like a, a chip for every year. Like I'm. Yes. A, I'm in my first Britney Spears year of fandom. Well, welcome. We're yeah. happy to have you. Yeah. It's never She's too great. late to make and the right Blackout choice. And Blackout is such a great album. Oh. I love Heaven on Earth and Break the Ice and all those songs. No, I mean Break the Ice. Classic. We. I mean, I could Should talk have about. Higher. I could talk about Blackout for thirty minutes. So we must move okay, in to the news for idiots. I'm this a is a discussion influence. where we just talk about what's been going on in the news, and we talk about all our top stories. This week, Bobby Burke of Queer Eye fame has announced that he is leaving the show, that the upcoming season of Queer Eye, I believe it's season eight, it's been on for six or seven years, but they've had eight seasons because it's so popular, uh, is going to be his last season as one of the Fab Five. I'm very sad about this. Bobby, I feel like, is such a light on that show. And he and obviously his very large team of people do so much for like the heroes every single week on the show. He is the person that's in charge of like, you know, redesigning the house and like doing all, everything with the living space is like very big change. Cause it's like, sometimes you watch Karama or like Anthony and Anthony, as much as you love him, he's gorgeous and like, seems like a very nice man. It's like, 
you just cut up some avocados. <laughs> and while Bobby and team are like redesigning this person's right. home. It's a different division of responsibility. It is. And yeah. I am just going to be sad to see him go. I think he obviously has a lot on his plate and a lot more that he's going to be doing with his life. He left a very beautiful note Which on his Instagram. He? he is uh, that one. Okay. Yes, he left a long note on his Instagram if you want to read it. And I is there any like tea beyond behind why? I mean, according to Us Magazine, which is a terrible I source. Subs- <laughs> I, but I had a subscription for many years. Did you really? Oh, like 2002 to like 2006. Wow. Subscription to a, like a physical ma- magazine. You're not yeah. that young, man. All right. <laughs> I don't appreciate that. You you must remember when those magazines ruled everything. I mean, I remember when okay. they ruled. Absolutely. Like that goes without saying. Because you're older than me. Anyway. Well, but I didn't have a subscription. <laughs> uh, but... According to Us Weekly, Bobby Burke was asked to leave Netflix's Queer Eye after eight seasons because he wasn't vibing with the cast. Uh, The quote is that the network and the cast thought it was time to bring in fresh blood. Bobby's heart was not in it. And the rest of the cast started to resent him because of that. But then a second source says that he wasn't asked to leave and the decision was amicable. I, You know I love nothing more than like drama that we'll never get an answer about. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm always going to be stuck on like why Deborah Messing and Megan Mullally hate each other now. Like, I will never not wonder about what happened there but I do hope just for like the kindness of the show and like the warmth that it brings me that there's no bad blood between these guys why you know? do you think that this is a okay so it seems to me that like like for example whenever when ever whenever somebody leaves the view <laughs> yes. it's like well, why? Who do they hate and why are they? Leave? It's mm. always a drama. Yes. It's always a drama with shows with gay men and women in it. Mm. And I think it starts to get painted like gay men and women don't know how to get along with each other. But I think the real problem is that fans of those shows, like us, are the ones <laughs> are who want to talk about it. We yeah. do want to talk about it. I don't think straight guys are like, why did somebody leave Joe Rogan's podcast? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but maybe deep down they would like to talk about it and don't feel like they can. And for that, I hope they get help. But to me, I feel. I feel like with the view and the and housewives lo- and you know I love the view of course and housewives is the same and maybe this is wrong of me but at some point as much as you think about it and think about it the end result is they got fired like it just was a network decision they like they changed the panel so often they change who's on the housewife show so often but the fact and people's fu- egos get big and sure. people ask for money and sure yeah. and but there are reasons that it always feels like there was a network decision made that like that's why they're no longer here and ne- i just don't believe that with the show because okay. it's like he it's like the cast changes so much less frequently with this show that i'm like i am curious i just hope they're all friendly and he's going to do amazing things he obviously has a billion fans and i'm sure he has a million lines of home decor and design books coming but I just it's just sad it's the end of an era I have always been intimidated by situations where I have to be part of a ensemble group Mm. because it's not that I'm not a team player it's that I don't put myself into certain situations knowing that like I kind of want it to be my call like I'm a solo artist totally yeah I have a song about that solo act available now yeah (laughs) stream it stream it uh but yes no I agree it makes it tough it's like if you are going to because the idea of like obviously 2k maths is me and Matt Steele and I was just gonna say I'm super excited Lori is a very constant co-host I feel like you, when you make the decision to like partner up with someone, even with one person, it's like, okay, is this a way to go? Is this the way to go? And then it's like, you have to have a relationship 
friend wise and working together wise that you believe is stable and can really right. move forward and like that and it's and and something that's often not created by casting directors exactly it's, it's your it's who you've decided exactly to being with. a part right. of like a five to ten person ensemble does seem scary to me right I would do it Vanderpump producers if you're out there and you need a black person because by the way you need a black person <laughs> I'm available yes. but it does yeah, seem it scary it seems scary yeah all right uh, all right next up. This is a big topic for Rory. Okay. <laughs> I oh, don't feel like okay, you don't send me a lot of news, but this week you did send news that Kim Kardashian's hairstylist, Chris Appleton, has filed for divorce from Lucas Gage. They were married for uh, six months of, of marriage, it's saying here. Chris Appleton's 40, has filed divorce from Lucas Gage, 28, who's an actor on White Lotus, You and Euphoria, after six months of marriage. Appleton filed this Monday morning and lists the couple's date of separation as Friday, November 10th. The usual irreconcilable differences was used as the reason for the split and the couple did have a prenup in place which is great what are your feelings so um i have been sort of fascinated by this couple for yes. a lot of reasons now i don't watch i've never seen an episode of the kardashians by the way i'm not mad at the kardashians no. and in fact kim and chris and the kids were at the show last night and Hello? they were extremely supportive and they are, are to mariah all the time so i have no issues with that but um i just i don't it's not like i'm like oh it's it's chris appleton that guy i no. know like i know chris buckle that's mariah's <laughs> big of ours yes but um so i don't know i don't know it coming from that I, what i do know is that lucas gage i remember he's on season one of the white lotus he yes. played the bellboy and then he he became viral famous uh, before he became right. famous acting because he was auditioning on zoom during covid and uh, a director um, didn't know that he wasn't muted or didn't know that Lucas could hear him. Yeah. And uh, essentially, like, humiliated Lucas over his apartment, which it was, he was basically like, oh, these actors in their pathetic apartments. And, it, like, nothing about the backdrop, like, was pathetic. It wasn't right. like he was in some dilapidated. It was just like, oh, like, he didn't have, like, a giant foyer right. like, to shoot his self. A and working by the way, actor. And by the way, like, he, he, these self tapes, it's like they're doing you a favor. So it's like to fucking shit on them. And he handled himself so well in the moment. He was like, well, hire me. Maybe that will help. Right. And I just remember thinking, oh, this is a sweet kid. And I remember, like, he worked with Molly Shannon on White Lotus. And I was like, oh, she seems to like him. Like, he seems like a really sweet kid and he started to have this glow up in terms yes. of the work that he was getting and he was on you and he was on the other two which is a oh. show on uh, we love I on love. Uh, it's so on sad. max now when yes and I miss I i'm so sad that it devastated ended, that it's but i over. love that you loved it too oh. and i just remember i just and but then i was like i it, it, essentially he was this really cute straight actor for a while who i had a crush on and like may have lived in my neighborhood at one point because there oh. were all these sort of like people who I don't know he was being spotted at places anyway and then like out of nowhere at the beginning of this year he's in this gay relationship with Kim Kardashian's and I didn't know who Chris Appleton was I look into it Chris Appleton is a painfully good looking man <laughs> in a way that it's like it's sus in a yeah. little bit because you're like alright that's you, that's been created in some right. ways and all and like his body has been created in a way like it's it, it is triggering for gay people because it's like okay is this what I'm supposed to be like <laughs> all of fine. this right. you know what I mean and and I don't I don't, I don't, I'm not going to judge the guy, but I, what I got the sense is that like, that's a guy that like is so aesthetically folk like, and makeup artists and hair people. We love you. But like, I'm intimidated to date them sometimes because mm. I'm like, Oh, you're so aesthetically focused that like, you're gonna is notice. it going to be distracting if I have a pimple? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, is it going to be like a, a bit? So he seemed to me always like somebody and because, and this is unfair, but because he's like in Kardashian land, like, could turn on the this like when you date in LA, especially men, the the a big fear like you have to watch out for people who 
okay, I'm really into you on Thursday and then Friday. Like, I'm going to need yeah, my people space. Like to change and I'm going to need to. So, like, I got, I got that vibe from immediately. And I was so protective of Lucas Gage. But also, I was like, Lucas Gage likes guys. And, <laughs> and, but and as you well know, with my dating history, it's like, I tend to attract these, like, newly converted, like, guys who are new to guys and then like that's an issue too because mm-hmm. it's like they don't have the experience to sort of know it so maybe there's you know we don't know if he knew what he was getting into mm. but I was obsessed with this couple <laughs> because I was like there's so much going on right, here. like what's happening and also like I, do I want to date Lucas Gage or do I want to be Chris <laughs> Appleton or what's happening and it was but it was also such a um, whirlwind it romance. was very quick. So everything happens so fast. And then, oh, it, it, suddenly it's like social media public. And then they're engaged. But then oh, two weeks after they get engaged, they actually get married. And, of course, Kim officiates right. it. And then it becomes a storyline on the sh- on her show. And it's, it's all this stuff. And it's just like at this age, I know that like when romances go at that pace, mm-hmm. no, it's like – for the time it lasts, it's so great, and it's not gonna. It's just last. hard to be sustainable. Yeah, it's like we're obviously on the outside looking in. I don't know what their relationship was like, but if you're those are the sc- warning signs when it's your friends. You yeah, know yes, I mean? yes, yes. It's like if when they're like at a ten, it's like okay, well, real life is not always going to be at a ten. You're not always going to be in this honeymoon phase and wanting to be like, yeah, let's get married right fucking now, and like everything's gonna be perfect, like because it's that's just not how emotion. That's not how human beings work. Like you have to settle into like okay this is what real life would feel like together um again i don't know much about either of them i like lucas gage on uh obviously on the other two and on white lotus and he has had not to bring it back to vanderpump rules he has had vanderpump rules themed birthday parties at sir where he's like invited most of the cast to sit with him because he's obsessed with vanderpump and so i'm like hey he has great taste so i want him to be happy he seems like such a sweet guy and i just i'm just gonna put this out there um if anyone knows Lucas. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. This I am is not single. A day. This is not OK Cupid, the podcast. <laughs> but no, because he does seem like a sweet guy. And it's and and it's hard when the fame of it all is 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 part of this because there was a lot of attention on this. Relationship. Totally. Totally. And I also feel the whole uh, uh, this is like something that a lot of people unfortunately go through, which is that. When someone can like wake up one day and be like, when when you can be like head over heels with somebody and 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 like totally committed to them, like the biggest fear is that one day they wake up and they're like, no, yeah, pass. never mind, I'm thinking something else today. <laughs> and I get those vibes from that mm. situation, and I just I feel that's traumatic, you know. It is, and I hope he's okay. I did see a tweet that made me laugh, and I hope it made him laugh, and both of them laugh. That was like, you know, honestly, coming out via getting married to a guy and then like having a divorce four months, six months later, is like a little bit iconic. <laughs> and it like, I'm sure looking back in far, far down in the future, he'll probably be like, you know, that was a moment. It wasn't right. It didn't work out, but it was a moment. And people remembered it and like, you know, a life experience that we can all move on from. You know, we I never happy about a divorce, happy that there are no kids shared. And it, you know, feels like it was short enough that like if there was any sort of if then there was there a cleanup. So yeah. everybody, yeah. so yeah. everybody's yeah. gonna be fine and moving on with their lives and doing great. So Lucas and Chris, we're sorry about hearing what happened, but I'm glad that you'll be moving in happier directions going forward. Sub Lucas. <laughs> My God. <laughs> uh did you see that okay, first it was announced at midweek that apparently there was a animated slash live action movie from Warner Brothers called Coyote versus Acme and it was like uh, you know a whole Bugs Buddy themed uh, 
movie that was completely finished that Warner Brothers had decided to shelve and just never release. And this has happened before. I think it was Batgirl was completely finished. And the, I think WB as well decided just not to release it and to write it off as like a tax write-off because instead of actually putting out the content that these writers, producers, actors have like poured their soul into for so long, they'd be like, yeah, we'll just cancel it and get the like What's, $30 million. Why is that... Why? Why? Because they get a tax write-off from it, and I think these streamers and these. Why do you get a tax write-off from burying something that you invested in? Like, if you're a builder and you build a neighborhood of houses, wouldn't why I, would you? you I, get, why would you get a tax write-off for not re- selling? I them? think because you can report it as a loss. It's like, oh, we spent all this money making this movie and we didn't make any profit. So, but what, who are they punishing? Uh, they're punishing the people who've made the content, in my opinion. Even though the strike has now been settled, like Even what's the, yes. if you have if you're a studio and you have an asset like that, why wouldn't you try to monetize? Because at some point, someone decided this is not going to turn a profit, and why not? Why don't we just first get the of money all? Being I love right Wiley. Ca- the, that, that, <laughs> I love that you're like standing Wiley. For, no, first of all, <laughs> right, like my early childhood memories, like that shit was funny. It's great, and the thing is, people who had seen early cuts of the film were like. It's actually excellent. So I feel like the Batgirls folks maybe were like, there was less of a talk about the movie being excellent. In my opinion, whether it's good or bad, if you've put the money into it and you've created the entire thing, what do you put do? the shit yeah, out. Shelving like, things, that's petty. It's, it's petty, petty and it's gross. And it's and I feel like the streaming era, it happens all the fucking time. I've talked about it on the podcast, how like the real world homecoming seasons that I fucking loved, they have completely taken off the streamer and you can't, like maybe you can buy them on iTunes, but they're just essentially unavailable. It makes me well, my um, biggest my biggest fear with streaming and this started with music was that when you could download MP3s, hopefully through iTunes or legally, but like you had those that media, it right. was yours exactly. So when things are it's streamable, it's like how many times have you gone to watch a TV show? Oh, Thirty Rock's not on Netflix anymore. Well, is it on fucking Hulu? Where is it? Like that's not that's what's fucked about streaming. It's why people are kind of turning back to physical media in a way. Like I feel like it has something to do. Do you with, think that is? I do. I feel like I could see more Blu-rays and DVDs being sold after more of this kind of streaming shit happens. And vinyls, yeah. of course, are giant these days. So I could foresee this being a return to physical media because of that exact fear but luckily because of the backlash from um, WB decided to shelve this film uh, they have now said that they are going to shop the movie around for other potential distributors I would watch the shit out of it that's the thing is like I feel like this was the best like not the best press I could have had they could have put it out and like actually made press for it but I'm so excited to see this film now I want to support everyone who was a part of it because like what a heartbreaking phone call to receive it's like oh that whole thing that was your life for this amount of time yeah no one's gonna see it go fuck yourself it's like I, I, I think I would make a great Wiley Coyote because <laughs> what it, what always happened was he thought he was gonna get the road runner yes. and then he would be a dope and he would make a mistake <laughs> and that's I like, loved I I'd be great at it. I hey I it's, would love to see know, it the other role I always wanted to play Marv in the remake of Home Alone's. Which one's Marv? Marv is Daniel Stern. Joe Pet, not Joe Pesci. Okay, okay. Marv is the dumb, yeah, the, the, one. Dope, the one that gets electrocuted. I could kill, kill. I feel like I've seen Home Alone fewer times than most people. Yeah, it's, like it's I've one seen of your it, biggest personalities. Hey, I've seen honestly. it a, a handful of times, and I think maybe not to bring up Brenda Lee because people get mad at me when I bring up. Yeah, Brenda Lee. you have an issue with Brenda <laughs> Lee too. But, Why uh, are you bringing up all the things that people don't like? But I'm just because I feel like I should talk about it. We're all friends here, but I, I feel like maybe that's the reason I don't have the like intrinsic love for rocking around the Christmas. Tray, okay, you that's know? right because it comes from Home Alone. Exactly. Well, what I will say is that uh, my brother and I watch. We decide every year which one are we going to watch, one or two. But um, it's 
It the the they're classic bad guys. It almost reminds me of 101 Dalmatians. Remember when they'd slink across the street <laughs> like this? That's the kind of bad guy that I is would funny. like to play. Hey, yeah. you'd be great at that. Anyway, that was a tangent. Let's go on to our next. No, right. I love that you are now running the podcast. No, I'm just I'm I'm trying <laughs> well, to. We are now ready to go. We are I'm, now ready to go on to the next news story. I'm trying to be obedient, you guys. <laughs> no, you're doing great, and I'm so happy you're here. There's a rumor that Beyonce is in talks for a Vegas residency at the Sphere Arena. I don't know that I believe this rumor, but man, I want to go to that fucking Sphere. <laughs> and it's like I just you know how I feel. I love tech. <laughs> I love tech. I'm I didn't very, know you love. Yeah, I love tech. Okay. And I'm very excited. You for, love about tech. I just love that it's always moving forward and it, everything's going to be so immersive. Did you I can't guys wait. know that he loves tech? <laughs> yeah, they know because I've gone on that diatribe about how excited I am to have those like Apple like, goggles that you put on and then it's like, oh, I'm watching a movie and it's like as big okay. as my wall. So the sphere feels like that without the goggles to me. I do kind of wonder. I mean, it must be a space that's not that huge. Because if you're going to ha- be in an immersive experience where it's like, oh, now we're on a beach. And all this, the screen around you is like a big beach. It's like, I would also like some like close-up shots of the artist. But maybe sure. when you're in the sphere, you just really feel like you're, I don't know, at Joshua Tree and the performer's just right well, there. Well, it's funny you bring that up because <laughs> my friend Tara uh, drove by herself to Las Vegas to see you two live at the sphere. How did she like the sphere? And I said... Are you a 75-year-old straight man who's Lark. our dad? And she's and we all made fun of her, but she wanted to see the sphere. And and listen, U2 is was my dad's favorite band. But they do they do pioneers things. They, yes. For better or for worse. Hey, we all got that album on our phone that we didn't and want. So the sphere does seem like something that's Did, did to be Tara say out. the sphere was cool? She had a nice time at the sphere. Uh, nice I isn't as nice, good as I. No, I mean, but just I, 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 I think that the sphere is potential. Okay. And imagine what Beyonce could do. Beyonce could do a lot with the sphere, but can the sphere do a lot with Beyonce? You know what I'm saying? Well, Vegas residency. It's so it's taken such a different meaning. I know. Since remember when Celine Dion did it was like, oh, that's where you get put out to pasture. And then I will say when Britney did Hello? it, I will say that Celine did a quite a job of. Making it like, oh, that's a thing you totally. do. Totally. Because it was in like what? Early 2000s. It was really early. So for her. it's like she her was, husband was old and he was like, let's do old people things. And she was very big. Like she was still putting yeah. out like hit records. But they at wanted that point. A, a different lifestyle. Right. So she's making it. I, I agree with Celine and then obviously Britney next. Like making. Going to uh, Vegas as a residency. Making it cool. Making it cool. It's it's, like, this is not like just how people thought of when Elvis or whoever was up in Vegas. Right. Where it was like, oh, where you go when no one really cares about you. But um, Britney made it where people go to see you. And then Adele has made it to. Well, it makes my life better. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because Adele's sort of like. Why would I come to you? Right. You can come to me. Because it's like, I know you'll all come to me. And. You, it's more cost effective and you it's so much better on your life. And how about that thing about how Miley's like Miley's had this huge album this year and she's yeah. like, it doesn't serve me to tour. And I give her a lot of credit for having the balls because she's like, yeah, I could make a ton of money, but that's not good for me. Yes. Like good I don't feel good. The thing is, in my opinion, the worst part of being a pop star in my imagination would be the touring, like the incessant travel that you have to do. Like I love the mini tours that Mariah is doing for Christmas. Cause it doesn't seem like it's so time consuming. It's, it's manageable. Take a whole year. Yeah, yeah. It's the thing. And people go on tour for years at a fucking time. Like, you know, and they, they say, will, and they say you have to do it. So, so we can, so it'll make enough money. Right. right? That's how they trick you. And it's it. like, you know, get, 
say what you want about Taylor, but she is on that tour for a fuck ton of time. So good for her. And she's on stage for that long. It's like good for her for doing that because it just seems like such a fucking grind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and comedians I know who do these secondary markets Mm -hmm. 50 weeks a year. Right. And that's like it's when you're Taylor, it's like in nice accommodation. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um. Okay, speaking of Britney, we've talked about Britney a lot on this podcast, I must say. Uh, Britney had an Instagram post, which Britney, I think, may have deleted her Instagram again. I searched for her and I couldn't find her. But she had an Instagram post that I just love because I feel like, A, the book made it me understand her previous Instagram posts so much more. Like, I feel like she talked about, like, the Jamie Lynn incidents and, like, incidents with her mom. And then she goes and posts a picture of herself with a very young Taylor Swift, pre-fame, obviously. Uh, this is way back uh, when, but kind of cool, during my oops tour I got a knock on my door my good friend at the time was the assistant to my manager who was trying to become a manager himself there was a knock and then he said I have a girl named Taylor who wants to sing for you and obviously it was Taylor Swift she goes on and says kind of cool that she plays stadiums and I prefer her videos over movies any day she's stunning my girl crush and it's like oh what a lovely post how queens supporting queens nothing negative to say there P.S. And it's like, oh, Lord, here we go. Mom, I love you so much, but there were three dolls in the cabinets when I went home two years ago. Kind of really weird you would take them out and then put them back in. So messed up. Nope, I don't want them. Keep it all. I honestly don't care anymore, honestly, though. An interesting addendum. Iconic. (laughs) Iconic. And the thing is, previous to the book, I would have been like, I don't know what this means. Like, maybe this is worrying. But if there's anything the book taught me, it's like, there might be another book, and that book will explain why she's fucking pissed at whatever happened with her mom right now. Well, she, and I no, can't wait she to find has out. talked about how she collected the. She did talk in the book about how she collected the dolls, and then while she was gone in the facility that they put her family forced her into while they were spending her money, right? Her mother threw out her collection. So there's, oh yeah. So there's this whole, and also when she talks about in 2002 after the Justin breakup, when she goes back to Louisiana and she's like. There wasn't Louisiana for me to go back to. And I remember, we talked about this. I remember when this happened and there was this stupid People magazine spread. And it's so funny to get Britney's take on it. Because I remember at the time being like, why is this a People magazine spread about how Britney just wants to take some time and she's fine. (laughs) And it's like, she goes back to Louisiana and she realizes that it's not home. It's not. And her, so what, like, the least that, you know, it's funny because, like, I think a lot of people can relate to, like, you have stuff at your parents' house for a lot of years after you don't live there anymore. And there are times when things get thrown out or whatever. Right. But I think it's really, like, how are you spending so much of my money? (laughs) And you can't even keep my So you asked me to get close to it now. I bumped into it. That's (laughs) fine. Well, how are you spending so much of my money when you are also like being so careless with my the things that I care right. about? And so it is weird, like because for me it would be like if I'm going to do my Taylor post as Britney, I'm going to keep that separate from <laughs> right. me yelling at my mom. <laughs> right. But um, what I also love about it is that Britney is so like unbothered she's not competitive in, right. a, in a, a way other artists are where she's just like she's not thinking like oh is taylor the new me no. she's like oh no this girl like and britney's like not even weird about her age no. she's like no because i was when I, she was a baby and I, she came to see me like she's worried about that stuff and i feel like britney doesn't get enough credit for like not having these hangups and being genuinely supportive and it's why mariah likes britney a lot too because totally. it's like britney's like no I, you're you're not just Mariah. You're Mariah Carey to exactly. me, and I'm obsessed with you, and I don't even know what to do. And the way that she talked about Paula Cole and all I these other that. words in her books, like so, I yes, and you're you're so right that the book made gave a lot of uh, context to Britney's Instagram rants for sure. But also, like she's still getting that. 
fucking anger out of her. And that's and true. And that's the thing. She, she deserves for, for so long she was not able to express herself. And so even in if she's any gonna, way. And so even if it's gonna be an addendum on a Taylor Swift appreciation post, I appreciate that now she has the freedom to speak her mind and be like, this is not okay. This is something I didn't like. And I'd forgotten that thing about the dolls in the books. So I'm wondering, did Lynn read the book and then be like, Oh, I found the dolls. Do you want them? Right. Like, oh, how convenient. It feels like yeah. that. Which by the way, I know my mom is watching. You can throw out everything of mine, just not my yearbooks and not my CD wallet and the CD cases they came in. Everything um, else can go. I have I have Mariah scrapbooks that <laughs> I will be needing. You will be needing that. Yeah, That's important. Those, yeah. So. Well, I, I'm glad we could send that message to our parents. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's happening next? Uh, there's a rumor, which I can't tell if it's true or not, that Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt excuse me, and Reese Witherspoon are trying to produce Britney Spears' memoir into a film. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that Britney would go for it, but I like that big names are attached. Even though Brad Pitt, I feel like has had some negative press involving his breakup with Angelina Jolie. If you want to look that up, you can do it on your own time. So I just wonder if partnering with him at this very moment would be odd as Brittany is someone who is a victim of, you know, financial abuse, abuse of her own kind. I just like, it would be a little odd, but I like that big names are in the mix. That's what I'll say. Um, I don't need there to be fictionalized. Ver- like I, I think part of the reason why podcasts and audiobooks are as big as they are right now is because like I, and, and why the, uh, Whitney movie didn't do that great is mm. because like I don't know that like scripted versions of people lives people's life stories is like how we want to consume them right now I think like hearing it from the horse's mouth and like hearing it like a little bit realer is better than like the uh, Hollywooded version like when was the last time there was like a, what was the Elton John movie? Yes, that did okay. Like I didn't see it. Like, I didn't either. When was the last biopic that, that anyone Elvis gave a movie shit about? Did well, it got that guy an Oscar, mm-hmm. Austin Butler. Got him an Oscar, but a lot of people are saying that it was like that. The there's a new there's a different version about yeah, Priscilla. Priscilla that's coming. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And 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 also regarding Brad Pitt, like I can't speak to like the father or husband that he was, but like. I, I, divorces are really messy, and I think that sometimes, like, you, you, you don't work with someone who had a messy breakup. I think I think it's more than that. Okay, yeah, with him, yeah. You think they're well? Okay, yeah. I I don't want to break it down. If you want to no, look it up, you no, can. I, no, I, I think it's like a, a a physical altercation, verbal altercation kind of thing. That's not like that's beyond a messy breakup. Am okay. I? But who knows what's happening there? Just things I've read. Um, I wasn't there. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I wasn't. What? You were not. I thought you and Brad were like this. We can be. <laughs> uh, just great news for me. The first TV series to restart after the SAG after strike have been announced. And Abbott Elementary is starting filming so fucking soon. And I believe the first episode will be airing in February. I cannot wait. It's been so long. It's. I've started to feel as much as like my housewives and, you know, the Golden Bachelor are keeping me alive during the strike. Abbott has been a, leaving a big hole in my heart. Is that your favorite scripted comedy? Uh, yes, right that is on at the very moment. Absolutely, it okay. is. So, have you watched it? I haven't, but I have to. Oh, I know it's I have amazing. To. I You're going here, and things. you have time to catch up because it won't be back until. How, what did three seasons? In it? Um, I think this it would be the third season. Okay. I think there's only two. In All the right, can. I, can, I can get. I can catch up. Um, okay, I think I'm going to skip that Will Smith thing because who knows what's happening. What's happening there? I don't think he's gay. I don't think he's gay either. I mean, I don't. The long and short of it is, I, I don't. You think. know, it's like that whole thing of like everyone wants to make everything out of their sex life, and I don't care right. about their sex right. life. Right. It's like if they're if they like it, I love it. Like and I. It's like everyone's feeling like so. Oh, you duped us. No, they were just like an imperfect married couple that got 
along for fucking 30 years. And it's like, I feel like everyone's like trying to be like, we knew about you. And it's like, get over it. And it's like, people are just trying to get, because I think this was a former assistant or someone who went to the podcast and claimed he saw something between Will Smith and a man. And it's like, is there is there a there there? Like, if it didn't, it seems like it didn't happen according to Jada, who had a very iconic quote about it, which was just, we sue in, and I appreciated that response to TMC. Because people don't have nice things to say about her these days, but I, I can appreciate that, it. I thought that was very yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, but to me, it's also like, I, I don't, like, even if that were true, I am unmoved. Well, I, like, I, I don't care so much about that. I'm very sensitive to, it's very homophobic when um, making up gay rumors is, like, intended to hurt somebody. Right, and like this isn't like intended to be salacious yes. news because oh, it it reminds me of 1998 when like he's gay would be like the worst thing you could say about somebody. Right, like, okay, which is when right when Will and Grace started. I was telling Rory that I was uh, rewatching yeah. Will and Grace, which I've told you all about. Uh, but it's just so impressive that they that Will and Grace existed in that time, and it was so like of course they'd make gay jokes amongst themselves, but it was a celebration, and it seems so very real. I love Grace so much. It's just. This isn't about one grace, but I just really appreciate that it existed in that time of like such rampant homophobia. Yeah. Um, lastly, and I don't know that you even watched the OC, but I just need to say this for myself. There was a Vanity Fair article that's discussing the OC cast and crew having some regrets. Uh, there were days when I only had six days off in the whole year. Misha Barton says it was exhausting, which I understand that. Um, things that were said. Most of the cast and crew now think it was a mistake to kill off Marissa and that the show never recovered. Uh, Is that Misha Barton? That's Misha Barton. Okay. Let me, and there's more around that and let me discuss. You killed the show with season three. That entire season was unwatchable, unfun. I could not, honestly... I, I we love everybody when Marissa died and the season four is one of the most fun seasons of that show whether it was popular or not it reinvigorated it like that Misha Parton true of ugly Betty as well season really? four excellent. season four of Real Housewives of Potomac also excellent maybe there's All something right. about season four um, but I feel like it really reinvigorated the show and Misha Barton very clearly did not want to be on that show as of season three and the writing and the storylines were so we were being dragged through the mud for 26 episodes or for however however long every season was back in those days. That is what the problem with the show was. Season four with Taylor replacing Marissa is actually excellent. And even if it did not, you know, do incredible ratings, justice for Taylor, justice for season four, the OC people have it wrong. It's excellent. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so you're, so you're, so season four is good. It's and great. They, did, they didn't need Misha Bart. No. Well, she was of course part of the whole Perez Hilton culture of like, who are these messed up girls who we're still going to be obsessed with and talk about all the time, but aren't they so messed right. up? Right. And we're going to like draw penises was, on yeah, their pictures. No, and he was stuff. doing it to Brittany and Paris and Amy Winehouse and people who had varying completely different issues. Right. But I think that that's that's a uh, I didn't I didn't watch the OC, but I remember her specifically being yes. talked about in that way. And I remember thinking like that's not that doesn't seem very no. Nice. I feel like Perez Hilton pops up these days more often than I think he should. Well, I loved in one of the then. Britney documentaries the uh you the the what's the something Cron? Oh, the Chiron. Uh, it it said Perez Hilton disgraced blogger, <laughs> and I was like, that's <laughs> correct. Really? Yeah, it that's did. Because so he is disgraced because the way that he tr- the way that he capitalized off of the the way that he treated women was right. uh, inexcusable. 
Okay, so the last story we're going to discuss is one I'm sure you've heard in the news today. This we held one, it till the end. Held the end because it's just, it's not fun to discuss. And also, trigger warning, there's discussion of the R word and like sexual assault and things. So if you'd like to skip over this section, feel free. Uh, so Cassie of Me and You fame, long-term girlfriend of Sean P. Diddy Combs, uh, in federal court, accused uh, him of rape and physical abuse. And the two had previously dated. She was signed to his record label. They met when she was 19 in 2005, and he began a pattern of abuse that included plying her with drugs, uh, forcing her to have sex with male prostitutes while he filmed it. And uh, in 2018... Means they what? they they call that a cuck in other other right. political leanings. They do that. Um, Did and I just call Diddy a cuck? That's what you said in 2018 near the end of the relationship. She that's where she discussed the final incident occurred. It just was like the fact that there even is on the legal document a trigger warning is like so incredibly horrifying. Like I didn't know that was a thing, and like the details that you can read within this story are just more shocking and terrifying and horrifying than the next. The fact that she survived this is such a beautiful thing. And I hate that she was living this way and like going through this for so long. I'm glad she was able to publicly tell her story. And I think they've already reached a settlement. They've already reached an agreement the day after I believe a settlement was reached because I think Diddy was seeing like, you know, he didn't want more to come out. I imagine, and that seems to be how he, the way that he handles things, yes, which is it's that like he throws money, throw money at it, and get it, get it. Yeah, and it's like I guess I just never, I was never plugged into their relationship very much. But like, just like from a high level point of view, like you have the memories of '90s Diddy being like, you know, just like the fun party guy. And I feel like the longer you live on Earth, the more men will disappoint you and disgust you. And, like, it's not always men, but, like, kind of in these stories, it fucking is. Like, I feel like we're one week out from that Kiki Palmer news. It's just, I don't know. It's just really tough out there. And I hope the fact that these people are being publicly shamed and turned against will inspire some young men to not behave in this horrifying way. You know, I realize that money and power and access turns people into thinking they are not invincible, but shit will come back to bite. You can't treat people like this and expect to, like, go off and not have anything bad happen to you. Certainly, I'm sure it's happened in the past that people have gotten away with shit like this for a long time. And I'd like to think that we as a society are not about that these days. Any thoughts? Yeah, no, I have a lot of thoughts. I think that, you know, I think um, as gay men and uh, gay men who love women and who have a lot of women in our lives, it's hard not to feel like, God, like, where are the good men, you right. know? Um, but that's a little bit of an illusion because I think men have um, a little bit more leverage a lot of the time to use power sure. in this way. It doesn't mean that men are, uh, their character, like, is somehow inferior. Like, there are also a lot of fucked up people of different gender orientations. I think where it comes, where it's the power and the money that gets people. It is, but even powerful, like, these stories, 99% of the time, it's a man at the bottom of it. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence. My argument is not that every man is bad, but my argument is... When you're reading stories like this, it's always because yes, a guy. for many reasons they have the upper hand, including a lot of times threats of physical violence. Right, and threats, exactly. There's cer- certain up an upper hand, it, it, but I guess is the delineation that I was making is that it's not as though like men are born more evil. It's that I think 
it's somebody like Diddy had so many tools in sure. his disposal, and I and and, and I think that. Um, I, like you, was not plugged into their relationship because I didn't care. Because I didn't find either of them particularly talented enough for me to care. Me and you is great. Me and you is great, but it was Ryan Leslie's song. It's not a Cassie song. It's, I mean, Ryan Leslie made the song. I'm not taking anything away from Cassie, but to, to be quite honest, to this day, I do not consider Cassie to be primarily a musician. Cassie is a very beautiful woman who has had some very good songs and has had some very terrible things happen to her and who did a ve- who has done a very brave thing. Now, a lot of people are upset about the criminal justice system because this gets settled out of court. He doesn't really get to be held accountable. Right. To me, I'm happy that she's getting whatever damages she feels yes. like she should get. Yes. And that's what's important. Now, it's interesting because I had written her off initially as just this like, oh, well, she's a model who did he signed and now she's got a, a a hit song well you know she didn't get to prove me wrong exactly. because he got her addicted to all these drugs and alcohol and so she was under his thumb and it's like because i had always wondered i was like why didn't she ever have a proper follow-up I know. and it's because in i think lil wayne did this to nivia and i don't know these people so don't come for me in court but in in the sense of like, oh, I'll take you under my wing, and actually, what I would like you to do is give up your career and become my baby mama. And I and I think sometimes this happens to women where it's like a a powerful man says like, I'm going to take care of you, but what they really want to do is control you. Yes, and so uh, it's <sighs> the fact that she spoke out. I mean, it sounds like she was terrified to do. For, I mean, the stories are insane. And the reason that I gave Diddy a, a, a hard time for being a cuck is that it's like you, uh, you okay, like be this big man, but like you want to watch some other guy like dig down your girl. Like, which one is it? And I think that like if having certain sexual fantasies is like a, we love everyone's whatever they want to do behind closed doors, but it's like don't be this big man that blows up Kid Cudi's. That's the that That's was the so irony to me. He blew up Kid, allegedly blew up Kid Cudi's car because Kid. Cudi he was in a relationship with Cassie, but then he goes on to videotape other men being in a relationship with Cassie. It's like, which one is it, man? And it's like, like only when it's your say do right. you like it. But yeah. it's like, to me, all of that is like, if you have another consenting person who's interested in doing whatever fantasy you want to do, go for it. Does not sound like Cassie was there. Does not sound like she was consenting to any of this shit. And it just, I'm so happy it seems like she has a very nice man she's with now. I believe she's married to this guy. And Which isn't a much, it sounds as giving her the confidence. Absolutely. To, yeah. And I, I, she's in a much better place. And I agree. I'm glad that she feels like she is getting what she deserves out of this. And she's also getting the fact that even if the criminal justice system is not involved anymore. She's getting what she's. It's like the pub, like we all are going to look at him in a different light these days. And that's the thing is that the story's been told either way. So it doesn't matter if there's a trial or not. It's like, we know. Yeah, the damage has been done. And I don't think he knows that. I mean, I think, I bet he imagines that it'll go away. And to me, it won't. Like, I will never look at that person the same way. And it's well, for some people, well, for some people, it won't. I mean, there are some people who haven't let go of Kanye. There's some people who haven't let go of 50 Cent. There, haven't, there have been some people who haven't uh, let go of Imagine not baby. letting go of Kanye. <laughs> like, that's a choice. I, I, I was very soon to let go of him. Yeah, well, uh, same. <laughs> but there's, in, especially unfortunately in recent weeks, there's some, been some dark shit about that. So, anyway, I, I, to answer your original question, I, in addition to having more respect for Britney Spears these days, I have a lot more respect for Cassie <laughs> yes. because I had no idea, didn't know. There's you know? no way to know. Yeah. So, and I'm glad she's out of it. That's I'm glad really the most I'm glad she's thing. in a good place uh, with a nice person and is safe. And um, yes, it just is sad and awful. And uh, 
yeah, not not fun. Uh, Roy, is there any other news for idiots that you'd like to share with the people? Listen, this isn't my show. I, I'm <laughs> I'm just trying to be on good behavior. Matt Palmer, this is I the, I know your fans know this, but I think the two gay match show is so great for a I lot. I appreciate of- you. We're not done with the podcast. We're gonna take a break. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. We'll be right back with All more. Right. Two gay I was gonna match. say nice things. I know, but I was more for the end of the podcast. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Two Gay Mats, the podcast. We're back here with Rory James. How are you feeling, Rory? We just got one gay mat today. <laughs> it's true. Only one. One and, gay mat and one gay Rory. And one gay Rory. It's really good. I don't know. That doesn't roll off the tongue as well. well, well but we'll you know what? It. We'll figure it out. We absolutely will. And uh, guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening or watching the podcast. If you're enjoying it, make sure to go to your Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a five-star review. It's true. We only accept five-star reviews. So if you have notes, feel free to send an email to yourself because we're not accepting of those. Uh, but but if you do really enjoy us, make sure to go to patreon.com slash 2 mats where you can get extra bonus content for as little as $5 a month. Join the Discord and chat with new friends you just haven't met yet. And, um, you know, for a certain level, you can actually request that we review or react to something of your choosing. So that's all I got to say about that. that. We do. We do. And we're on to a section of the podcast that's named for our Queen Brittany, your new Queen Brittany, oh my God. entitled Email My Heart. And this is where we look at our emails, see if what we get, respond to some as they come in. And today we're going to have me and Rory's point of view, which is going to be a little different than me and Matt Steele's. So who knows what's going to be said. Uh, this email was sent to us a couple of weeks ago, but it, it landed on our junk folder for some reason. So this is from uh, Rosendo. This is Hi, Matt Squared. Let me start by saying I'm a fairly new listener and I am so happy I found you guys. You make my work day so much better. So I need some advice. I recently got in a relationship with a guy. We have known each other for like six months now and I've been official for like four months. Everything is going great and I genuinely like this guy so much, but there is a reoccurring issue slash argument we have been having. He has a big issue with me being friends with people I have hooked up with in my past while I reassure him that it was just a one-time thing and or a drunk night. He still thinks it's disrespectful to our relationship. He gets annoyed when any of my ex-hookups happen to be at the same bars as me and I say hi to them and still hang out with them. Am I wrong for being friendly with an ex or someone I once hooked up with? I I tell him that uh, if I ever feel any of my friends come on to me, I will distance myself from them. Is it bad to still be friends friendly with an ex and hook up or hook up? Uh, I really want this to work and try to reassure him that they're just friends. Also, I'm 30 and he is 24, so I sometimes feel like he may be a little young to understand my point of view. But who knows? Maybe I am in the wrong. Any advice would help. Love, Rosendo. HPS, love that one of you guys is a Bravo junkie and a and a uh, Big Brother super fan when I am both. I'm so happy I found you guys. Matt Steele loves Big Brother. Um, I, I feel like you're going to say what I want to say, so please, how do you feel about this? I have a lot of feelings about this. Yes. Um, you know, uh, my one of my best friends in the entire world mm-hmm. is my ex, and we yes. were to get, we didn't just hook up. We were in a serious relationship for several years, and we lived together for longer than that. And I sometimes think about how if um, and he's now essentially married with a kid. Right. I think about how if his current partner had said, like, we can't be friends like that would have devastated me. Totally. And it's not because I have any like intentions or desires to like have a sexual relationship with this person at all. It's like laughable to call him my ex at this point because he's my friend. He's right. one of my best friends. And he his oldest best friend is was his first ever boyfriend. They haven't been like the idea of them <laughs> even being physical is like mortifying to everybody. Totally. Now, when you're younger or you're used to more hegemonic relationship structure or traditional relationship structures, you, the oh, that's you know, or or there's that um like a lot of straight guys don't like their wives or girlfriends to have any contact with any <sighs> guy they've ever been with, and it's like. Get the fuck like t- the thing is is that if 
okay, so it's one thing to like, maybe it doesn't do anything to keep in touch with that person you had drunk sex with from a bar five <laughs> years ago. But like people who you had like a serious emotional connection to, like that's shit that stays with you for life. Right. And like what a beautiful thing when you can realize a, a functional, it's, it comes down to boundaries. And what the issue is, it's not whether some whether you've had a physical relationship with somebody or not. It's is the person you're in a relationship with good with boundaries? Because if they are, you don't have to worry about that at all. Right. And they can say, okay, you know what? My ex from college or all this time before you, we had this beautiful moment and this, right. that doesn't, and, and I, cause what a horrible thing to do to your partner to say, cut this thing that's been really important to you out of your life because I'm not comfortable with it because I'm not secure. What an insecure thing to do right. to your partner. And that's the thing is it feels like it's more your boyfriend's problem than yours. Exactly. Like, cause it's not even if I, maybe I'm remembering the letter wrong, but he's asking you to like essentially ignore people that come up to you in public settings just because you've had a sexual history at some point you hooked up with them at some point like that's crazy that and would if, make if they're important to you right. then you should at least be able to be cordial if they're honestly anyone like he should be I understand he's 24 and he's 30 which by the way I think has something to do with this yes. I feel like as a young person you're more and I wouldn't have been as good with it I, exactly yeah. as the, yeah. at that age maybe I would have a little bit of a problem but I certainly wouldn't phrase it like this like he doesn't get to choose who your friends are and who you surround yourself with if you are comfortable in these situations it is in no way disrespectful to your relationship to engage with someone that you've had a sexual past with or be friendly with someone that like you had a one night thing with just because you're like well he's a person he's in my life there's nothing there nothing's going to happen and if you trust me then this should be a non-issue and if you choose to say like you know it makes me uncomfortable I probably won't hang out when you guys hang out that's a choice that he can make if he's like I don't really want to be around it makes me uncomfortable sure deal with that talk to a therapist but like he doesn't get to choose your friends and if they're not being like actively horrible to you if they're not doing things to hurt you emotionally or physically if they're truly just their biggest issue is like you've had a physical connection at some point like that's that's a choice you make. Like, I feel like people in the podcast who've listened a long time know that I don't generally keep in touch with my exes, but that's my choice. Jackson would never in a billion years say, do not keep in touch with your exes. If your ex comes, you can't speak to him because it's crazy talk. Like, you get to choose the people that are in your life, and if you are in no threat of danger emotionally or physically, he can have his opinion or feeling, but he cannot choose who you surround yourself with. You're a person of integrity, clearly, because you listen to this show. And you're not going to cross any boundaries. If you cheated on him, that would be disrespectful right. or to your you relationship. Or rela- if you start a communication that crosses boundaries. Yes, that's, yes. Yeah. There are boundaries there. But like saying hi to someone that you see in public and be like, oh, hey, how are you? That's not in any and way also, disrespectful. And also, let me tell the 24-year-old, uh, live a couple years longer and there are people, you're going to have a longer exactly. list of people you've been in sex, a sexual relationship with. Exactly. And most of the people on that list, you're not going to continue, you're not going to consider revisiting. Exactly. So like uh, to me, one of the, uh, another big, big factor in terms of like the guys that I consider to, to be with is Mm. like, they need to be secure. Hello. And if they're like, I think it, I I am one of those people that think it's kind of cute where it's like a, where a guy gets like a little playfully jealous. Sure. Like a, Oh, I bet you liked him, huh? I bet you like, <laughs> but like, not like in a way that's like, a, you're not allowed to talk to people who oh, are wow. more meaningful to you. And it, like, come it's on, like, grow 
Exactly. Up, grow a pair, and grow some confidence. And it's like, I'm an adult, and you're not my mother. Like, yeah. I can do whatever the fuck I want. If it's, it's not, not cute. It's it not, cute. not cute. It's not cute. If it's not something that is truly crossing a boundary of, like, engaging sexually with someone, then you have no say as to what I can do. And I, I think there's got to be a kind way for you to pass along this message. But essentially... This is your boyfriend's issue and one that he should deal with, whether it's talking to a therapist or whether it's like looking within or, you know, I don't know however he thinks to do his therapy, but he should do it and bring this up because this is not a you problem. It's a him problem. And I hope he works through it. I completely agree with that. Look at us agreeing. But that is <laughs> great relationship advice. And that is the advice I have. And uh, let's move on to the section of the podcast called Giving You Moments. This is a section where we discuss anything that's been giving you moments. We don't always do it. So if you don't have one, that's okay. fine. Um, and what I, kind of moments? Well, it's just like anything that like brought you joy. If there's like content that you consumed this week. Because the thing is, Mariah really yeah. was our giving me moments. I mean, what can I say? We opened with our giving me moments. But I also just want to just put a little cherry on top and say... This section of the holidays in which like things are coming up, like I'm just excited. I've made my whole list of what I need to buy for my Thanksgiving and Friendsgiving celebrations over the next week. I don't have work on Thursday and Friday and like basically half of Wednesday, if we're being honest. And just like the, the, the chill in the air. Like I feel like, you know, I'm a holiday person. You saw me at that Christmas show. I get I just feel more alive during this time of year. The joy is palpable. I'm just excited for the togetherness and the food and the reverence and the music and I can't wait to put up my fucking Christmas lights and Christmas tree like I I just am I'm feeling the feelings of joy and I feel like that has a lot to do with that Mariah show but truly I I have not been looking forward to something that was so close you know a I long love time this. no you're giving I'm me the holiday spirit I, just by osmosis and you know what movies I watch in lieu of Home Alone you know I watch The Family Stone okay and I watch uh, uh The Holiday Okay. With Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet switching spaces. Okay. So those are going to be my two. I, it's like, Jackson, you can watch if you'd like. You've seen them both now. But if you don't want to watch them, feel free not to. I will be watching. I will be consuming. These eyes, we'll see. And you know what I might add to that list? Because CBS still has the recording uh, up on streaming of Mariah's uh, concert. And they're going to re-air it on Christmas. Uh, yeah, on Christmas. Re-air That's it. Right. And I think it's up on Paramount Plus to stream well, if you want to do hit, that. You got to re-air it. Hello? You got to re-air it. So. Re-air it. I'm just excited for the time of year. <laughs> and maybe I'm a softie. Maybe I'm just like our p- person next to us who's just a big Christmas stand and is having like people come over to his house this weekend just to decorate his house. Because it's like when I do it alone, it takes two full days. I'm like icon. I want to be like you when I grow up, sir. So we love Christmas. We love the holidays. We love merriment. And it's here. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hello. I love that. And and it's people like you and the guy that's sat next to us <laughs> on the show yes. that put me in the spirit because oh, I don't have a religious like uh, association with Christmas time. I yeah. don't have kids. You know what, what I mean? Like, <laughs> you don't have kids? That I know of. Uh, but it's like, it's that thing of, um, sometimes I, I was doing a joke earlier about how um, I had always wished that Santa was a little bit hotter. I just like that post. So that that's we great. could have something for people who don't, like, because Christmas can be either religious centric or kid centric. Yeah. And it's like, what about the adults who want to like beyond just drinking, you know? <laughs> and I, but no, what you're saying is that, and I, I love like what I love about uh, the end of the year is uh, taking a bunch of time off and going and seeing people. And yes. I told you, I'm going to do my big New York trip and that's going to be fun. So excited for you. And, um, but I'd like the idea of just, uh, uh, taking like the unplug yes. you know what i mean yes. and and also um 
I reconnected with a guy that I had sort of uh, this time last year like hung out with for a little while, oh. and uh, and he came over the other night. And it, it's 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 funny because like sometimes like gay guys get so uh, caught up in like the hookup of it all, right? And what we both, what I liked about it was that it was really more about a snuggle and stay the night thing. Stay the night, great song. Oh five. (laughs) That's my favorite song in Emancipation. It's a great one. Should have been a single. But it's like there in the when we're talking about like nuanced different relationships, like there's a way to not be in a monogamous relationship with somebody, but also have a really cute. It, have it not oh. just be physical and like Beyond. basically like yeah he came over like it was later in the day and we both had worked all day and I was like just stay over and yeah. like just like and what we we what we both needed was not uh, necessarily to reconnect with each other but it was really nice to totally and 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 what we did did not need was like a hook up, like a grinder moment right. what we needed was like just like some snugs Hello. honestly and That's- like to to hang out with somebody who like you know that like. You're at ease with like you can't you're like it's not like that like because there's just so like new people there's just such a you don't know yeah. and just like to have, to have somebody you're comfortable with somebody that you genuinely like but to also not need a commitment from them totally. I don't need you to be like oh are we in a relationship yeah. what does <laughs> this mean it's like no like just and I've noticed with men like the more you give them that the more they want to come back because it's like oh it's not it's on their own terms mm. so something that I am looking forward to more this holiday season is reconnecting with. Guys, I've just like had a good vibe with who like also have the time off. Totally, you know what I mean. Like that's the That'll thing is like, you see your family, but you also can see like other people who got time that's off. True. And so that is part of the magic for me. That's true. And then little we'll mistletoe go, smooches. Hello, Come on, hello. Every Christmas song's about that. And then you'll be going to Boston. It's a whole new pool of people that you've you know, seen in the past. Well, I'm, yeah, that's 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 where I grew up. That's my. <laughs> I think we've burned through that pool, but. <laughs> Uh, but no, your your holiday spirit is getting me in the spirit. I'm so glad to hear it. Yeah. And Rory, I cannot thank you enough for being oh, please, here. please, anytime. People are so happy. Make sure to follow It's Roy James wherever you get your social media content. Go see him live on tour wherever thank he's you. performing. Listen to his podcast. I'm super excited with Roy James. Uh, Hilarious, love. iconic, weekly perfection. You're going to love it. Thank you for having me. This has oh been God. an absolute joy. Beyond. And I love this show. Well, hopefully you'll come back soon. Anytime. <laughs> anytime. Thanks, guys. We'll see you very soon. Bye. 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 